0: Hello and welcome back to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter, the host of this wonderful show that I get to do each and every week, normally on Wednesdays, but today we're doing it on Thursday due to a scheduling snafu. We are brought to you, as always, by the fine folks over at TubeBuddy, who, by the way, they're at VidCon this week if you're keeping up to date with what's going on on the uh, YouTube ecosystem and uh, some cool live streams coming out of their YouTube channel. So I highly recommend you subscribing to the TubeBuddy YouTube YouTube channel. And if you haven't already download their free browser plugin or mobile app for iOS and Android, you will not regret it. It's that one tool that I use each and every day to help me with my YouTube progression and growth and allows me to do things so much quicker. I actually did some video ads for them that should be running on YouTube very soon. So be on the lookout for my beautiful face talking about too buddy again, uh, on top of your videos. Uh, but, uh, let's go ahead and talk about this week. Uh, wow. What a week it has been. Uh, um, um... I am just so excited for you to hear this conversation. Uh, This is a guy who supported me uh, and has been a part of my community for a long time now. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it because you're going to hear the conversation here in about a minute, but uh, this one was a really, really good one. Uh, Super talented individual, super talented creator. Uh, Speaking of individuals and creators, this show would not happen without the support from you guys over on Patreon. Now, if you support me on Patreon for as little as a dollar, you get access to our free private Discord, which basically allows you to to join a community of over 50 uh, to 60 creators. Now we're getting upwards of 70 to 75 people who are in there talking about their, uh, you know, doing thumbnail critiques, uh, going in and sharing your most recent uploads. It's just a place in a community to talk and discuss YouTube. If that's something you want please consider supporting the show and what I do, helping us keep the mics turned on here uh, over at at the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Uh, The most recent supporters of the show, I also give you a shout out when you support the show, uh, is Lloyd Mathis, as well as Debbie Riker. So I really do appreciate your support over there. Click the link in the show notes and you can find out where and how you can support what we're doing. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already over on iTunes, the new Google podcasting app, which is super cool. Uh, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, all of those places you can find this here podcast. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's conversation. This is one that I've been looking forward to doing for a while now, as I've known this person, um, not really personally, but through uh, the content that I produce and kind of what he's doing. Uh, I'm joined today by Jonathan Roberts, a.k.a. Composer Dad. He is a composer. And a dad. In a previous life, he wrote music for Slot Machines. How cool is that? Toured the country in an RV and played in a downtown New York City absurdist comedy band. Now father to two boys, he documents parental and musical victories on his Composer Dad YouTube channel and his podcast. He accepts intense compositional challenges from a talking Bible, a cast of characters, and you, the faithful listener. What is up, Jonathan? How are you?
1: Hi, Dusty. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. I'm yeah. doing great.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> well, first off, as I told you off air, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, the first question that I want to ask you, and uh, I always get a little more nervous when I am co-hosting or I am interviewing a, a, a you know a fellow podcaster because I know that internally, you are critiquing every move I make from pre-show to during the interview to post-show. And so I want to make sure I live up to your expectations. So I'm super stoked to kind of hear uh, your journey uh, with YouTube and video and content creation in general. So before we go and get too far ahead of ourselves, Jonathan, uh, let's talk about Composer Dad. Let's talk about the YouTube channel and explain to my audience a little bit more about you and what you do.
1: Sure. Well, uh, my background is in traditional composition. Uh, but then I, I, um, I moved to New York city and had all these kind of like interesting experiences playing with this band, writing a lot of music. I'm really always been really into the Bible, writing stuff on the Bible. So I was out at uh, late night comedy clubs doing quirky Bible music. And (laughs) all of this sort of led to a job in slot machine composing. Uh, which seems like an unlikely combo. So explain uh,
0: explain that to me, Jonathan. Like how does yeah. one get into slot machine composition? And what does that entail? Give us an example of what that was.
1: Yeah. so um these slot machines, are kind of like video games today. They uh, um, have a theme. You know, it might be like space uh, princess or pirate adventure, so and so. And then uh, so they have this like overarching theme. And uh, so you write this underscore and then there will be um, these events that happen, these big wins. And they're really cool from a composer standpoint because you have to like create, uh, write in all these different styles and uh, you have to uh, be clear in the genre that you're in right from the get go. Like within one second, people put in the money and then boom, they're in like their Mars adventure. Um, This story is
0: getting better as you go. I love this. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So, um, yeah, so this this job and, uh, uh, you know, the other adventures in New York City sort of hone my skills in like writing in different styles and um, uh, collaborating with people in a way that, you know, music school is is great, but then this sort of like put it into play in real life. Uh, But that lasted until uh, last year. So after that, I was faced with this, uh, you know, back to freelancing world. And in that time there, I had a family and two kids and, and, um, um, also the landscape online had changed, you know, there's, everything got so much more video-y. Um, so I started thinking about like how to tell, how to live this, um, composer story in a way that sort of comes alive online. And, um, I started thinking about, um, you know, being a composer and a dad is sort of like this adventure. Uh, that happens, you know, you're a dad, uh, these little um, events that happen in the day, you know, getting the food out at the you know, right time and bedtimes right and going to the grocery store and all this stuff, it feels like these big parental victories. Hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, I started thinking about them as such and, and uh, how to tell the story. And the composer dad sort of came out of that, this unflappable version of myself. And uh, composer dad accepts these intense uh, parental and compositional challenges, and I try to like uh, document that in this in this um, you know in the world of the YouTube and podcasting.
0: So I remember Jonathan when uh, we had my daughter just uh, over three, almost three and a half years ago now and um I remember when, when I changed that first diaper or I got her to go to sleep or I you know tapped her on the back gently and had her burp you know it was one of those things I know it sounds crazy to people who aren't parents but you're right it's such a victory and I think that it's so cool that, <laughs> that you've decided to document it and for those of you who are listening right now I encourage you to go to his channel it's just composer dad on YouTube and you can just see these cute adorable pictures of his kids and himself uh there in the channel artwork and it's just it's really cool you're your 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 you know quality of content and, and the production value of what you do on YouTube, uh, you're just gonna when, when people you know discover what you do, I, I I understand why they're gonna subscribe because of the type of talent that you are. Not only musically, but you're a good storyteller as well. And so let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about you kind of transitioning from the business of doing the compositions for the slot machines and things like that, for having a steady job, to now you're back to freelancing. But let's talk about YouTube and where YouTube comes into play, and video in general. Like, what have you done uh, with video to help you kind of further your brand and help your business kind of grow and move forward?
1: Well, I I had, you know, I write a lot of music, and I just was feeling like, uh, you know, you put your clip from SoundCloud or whatever on the internet, and I sort of feel like uh, it just would get lost in the shuffle. But I thought maybe I can uh, find a way. I'm not a, vi- I don't have a video background. I have a lot of audio training, but I just don't have the video thing. So I thought, well, but maybe I'll just jump into this. Uh, and I thought uh, I, I tried to just, I, 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 the first thing I did is I started cutting out like little uh, paper cutouts of our family or different characters that might show up and try to build a story around each song that I write. And then, uh, kind of like just just film them moving around. And then that led to um, thought, well, how can I do this a little faster? And let me tell you, every time I try to do something a little faster, it just like opens up a new piece of software that then um, leads to, you know more time, ultimately. <laughs> That's the way it works, <laughs> isn't it? But it's okay. it's all <laughs> it's interesting. So I got into this uh, Apple Motion, which is a very quirky program, particularly if you use it standalone um, and, uh, because I don't have this, um, I don't have many inhibitions with video and I don't have a lot of ego with video. I just, uh, have a lot of fun trying to tell a story and string it all together. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of evolved into the style of these paper cutouts moving around and, and me trying to get them to just move across the screen and bounce around at the right time and and uh, jive with the music. So I'm just trying <laughs> to find a way, yeah, i just trying to find a way for the music to come to life for people online, and I think video and YouTube is, uh, it just really works with, with that.
0: I love that. And I I do I love your little funny, quirky characters that you create and, and, and you can tell that uh that, that you've definitely put in the time to learn about all of the different software and, 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 and motion. I've kind of dabbled with it before and know how difficult that can be. So that's super cool. And I I, I do I, I encourage anyone to go check out what he's got going on over here uh, on YouTube. But let's talk about the business side of things. Like all in all, you've got a family to support. And you're doing freelance now and YouTube is, I would assume, a pretty big part of it alongside the podcast and the website and, and all of that good stuff. But let's talk about how you kind of intertwine all of that together and how you're using YouTube to kind of monetize and make money. And hopefully one day, if you're not, uh, you know, get a business out of it.
1: Yeah, YouTube um, is part of um, it's sort of um it's it's where I, I enter an idea. I like I love YouTube. I love the community around it. And I love um seeing how, you know, you can have kind of shape your own little world, your channel. I really love that about it. And but it for me it's sort of part of a, a wider picture of um you know, the composer dad, kind of like the composer dad experience. There's, you know, podcasts and Facebook live shows and songwriting sessions and live concerts and and, uh, that often connects to sort of freelance gigs and people see what I'm doing. So it's sort of like, you know, this whole, um, I guess brand, I suppose is what it is. And, uh, but it's sort of a lifestyle for me cause it really weaves into our, um, our family as well. Um, so I try to, um, create content on platforms and connect with people where they are and then they just, um, sort of enter this composer dad world and and then i try to create ways for them to maybe create with me or we create together just sort of bring them all along together in this sort of like composer dad community does that kind of make sense that's my philosophy for for sort of um you know um building this business in a way
0: no it does make sense it's you're just compounding it all together and and that's what i encourage people to do and just finding people kind of where they are And it's funny, people say to me, well, do you have to have 10, 20, 100,000 million subscribers to make money or to make a living on YouTube? And no, you don't. You can build a very, very... Uh, intimate and small fan base on YouTube that can support you and your family if you have people who are supporting you and and kind of uh, getting around your channel and the type of content that you are creating. And so I kind of want to transition now. And we talked about something interesting off air and you were talking about how you are trying to kind of implement and integrate your family life with your business life and kind of show that to the world via YouTube. Do you kind of want to touch on that briefly and kind of talk about why you're doing that?
1: Yeah, you know, when I started going back to freelancing, I uh it was it was too hard to be um you know, to be to separate these things, to be a parent and to try to write and um, you know, hustle in different kinds of, you know, commercial music and then to I also run this nonprofit with my uh, that my wife and I started. It's too hard to separate all these things. So I thought, well, how can I bring it more together? And um also, I wanted, in the times that I'm spending with my kids, my wife's a theater professor, and we really we share you know parent time pretty even, evenly. In the times that I'm with my kids, I wanted it sort of just to be and like a um, this like a natural flow of of creativity as best as possible. And so, um, thinking about life as a creative um, adventure, with them and thinking about my music as a creative adventure with them really made it it's a lot calmer for me and I I I I feel like I can um uh it feels healthier you know what i mean Absolutely. and yeah and so um going down that road it just feels better and and since then with the kids um you know the kids have these characters and you know particularly my oldest one he's always he's builder boy in the videos but he's got several other superhero Personas, names Walter, and uh, he's writing these stories with us uh, and thinking, dreaming up things or creating these scenarios, and then the songs kind of flow out of that sometimes. So it it feels it's a lot more fun and feels like the right thing to do <laughs> right it, now. It's
0: also cool to be able to go back and to watch these videos later, it can, kind of like documenting what you guys have done in these stories and the creativity that that, that is spurring to be able to, to, to have a platform like YouTube to, to put it all there. Uh, and so now that we've discussed kind of what you do on YouTube, let's talk about some strategies and techniques and kind of what you've done to continue to grow your channel and your brand. And so I want to ask you kind of like if, if you could go back, like what is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out on YouTube?
1: Well, I didn't fully grasp that you, how much of a community that YouTube is and, um, I'm not just saying this because I I'm on your show and I, I'm a fan, but I I that's something I've really been learning by listening, having listened to your so many of your podcasts, is that there's this community and seeing the community that comes out of your show at the Discord and and everything. Um, and I didn't at first I like a lot of people saw YouTube as this repository, you know, where you keep your your stuff and your videos. And the more I thought of it as a community, uh, the healthier it became and the more it sort of flowed out into, um, you know, other communities online and and other, you know, and the community in, in, you know, where I live as well. So just thinking of it that way really shifted how I approached YouTube.
0: So when you started thinking about it as a community, what changes did that make? Like, what what did you start to see and do that it kind of helped you grow and, and kind of see some compounding interest, per se, with your YouTube channel?
1: Sure. Well, I I wrote a lot of, you know, I, I got this Bible fascination. So I wrote a lot of stuff, and I have these uh, challenges that come to me from this talking Bible in my stories. But I started thinking about, you uh, um you know, other challenges that come about and uh, that can come about from people in this community. And that sort of shifted. I did a, um, somebody in our town talked about, um, you know, we need uh, a song. We have a real issue with ticks and Lyme disease in our area. Mm-hmm. Someone said, we, you know, we got to do tick checks at night with the kids and they don't want to do it. And after your hike, it's hard to wrangle them. So let's say, can you write a tick check song that like helps people kids helps us do these tick checks. Um, so that was sort of like a little challenge as well that came out of this um, community. And so I wrote this tick check song and now, you know, people are singing it around town, um, to, uh, check their ticks, check their kids for ticks. And, um, this kind of changed my thinking a little bit. I was like, Oh yeah. So there's this community on YouTube and this, and it leads to like a, a, a personal community. And there's, um, you know challenges and musical challenges that can come out of that, um, that both um, that can still fit in this composer dad story, and then also uh, you know serve people as well. So it sort of started to gel in that way.
0: I just I don't know what to say to that. You you wrote you wrote a tick checking song. This is just. You're, you just, I'm telling you, it's so fun to talk to creators, and you would never expect, you know, you would be speaking with someone who, you know, wrote music for slot machines and then wrote a catchy tune uh, about uh, tick checking, and I uh, tell you what, man, you're living an intriguing life, if I say so myself. <laughs> um, That's that, Super cool. Um, let's talk about the, the tools of the trade here for a minute. Um, you said you didn't have much background in video, so what I'd like to talk with you about is... Um, uh, possibly audio. Uh, if there's people out there that that want to improve their audio, what tools or strategies or techniques that you, you know, would recommend to make it easy for people who have not studied audio production, like say maybe you know you or I have, uh, to help them improve their overall audio audio quality on their channel?
1: Well, uh, what I use, I've I've always loved Logic on Apple, but um, I'm a Pro Tools user as well, and and um, these. These platforms are, um, this software is is uh, really easy to jump into these days. And I, I love, um, what I love doing is taking uh, natural sounds that I find, you Get it, just getting a, a simple mic, even though you can te- connect to your phone, and um, dropping it into these um, programs and just layering stuff. And even making, you know, you can easily make new instruments by just, um, recording a sound that you have in your life, like your kid banging a toy or saying a word and dropping it into, these, um, into software and, and um, um, connecting it to um, notes on the keyboard. And then you have created your own instrument and you can create this like a whole song out of something in your life. This is something that I really um, just have always been fascinated, taking like little natural sounds and, and weaving them into a, um, a composition to make it sound unique.
0: I just I love that. I just again coming from someone who loves audio, I, I just think it's so so unique. Um, now let's talk about kind of what you're doing on YouTube to 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 see the growth that that you you're seeing and and that you want to see. What are you doing branding wise, and what types of strategies and techniques are you using right now to kind of help you kind of progress and to move forward in the YouTube? I guess you would say ecosystem.
1: Something that I love is the all the the live streaming. Um, that was new to me this last, I don't know, six months, uh, doing live streams. And, uh, I really enjoy them because they feel there's a perfect mix of, of performing, um, uh, which I enjoy doing. Can't really go out all night at the, at the clubs performing, uh, with the kids. It's, it's, that's not really that practical, but you get the live stream, you have a perfect mix of performing, but then you're still like, you know, in your house, uh, <laughs> Which is fun. so for YouTube, what I like what I started doing is these song are these songwriting jams where people go on and we write a song. We attempt to write a song in an hour based on the ideas that people put up in the um, comments mm-hmm. uh, from start to finish. and it's like a real it's a really fun creative exercise, and uh, it also leads to some wild songs and uh, it's pretty great community building too. Uh. I know that live streaming is uh, great for watch time for YouTube and uh, it, they, they, YouTube seems to like live live streaming, but I also um, think it's really fun for a lot of reasons, you know, creating content quickly and building community and just having a, a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> and I think that in live streaming, and you can kind of correct me here if, I, if I'm incorrect, but I think you would agree with me in that. With the live streaming, it gives you kind of that intimate place to interact with the people who are consuming your content the most. And yeah. the people who are going to be there every time you upload a video, or people that are going to be there every time you hit that live stream button, and it's just so cool to see those common names come through the chat room there, and uh, to find something unique that you can do via live streaming, like what you've done, and I think that's such a unique way of doing things. In 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 that you know you bring someone on, and and you know you're you're getting to be creative, they're getting to be creative, and the fun thing about that is that anything could happen, right? And like on a live stream like that's beautiful is that if you can create an environment where every time it's different every time it's unique every time there's something different which you've done with kind of that show that you've created um people love that stuff they eat that up and uh they just absolutely love that so um if you could give one piece of advice jonathan to an emerging youtuber someone on youtube wanting to grow or an established creator what would that piece of advice be
1: I think it would be to find something that is sustainable for your life. It's really easy because these videos, even the shortest video, can take you all night to edit um, to find a way that you can uh, fit it into your your daily life and your family or your job or whatever um, so that you can keep doing it in two or three years. Um, if, it's, if you can only do one a week or one a month, but you can do that every time, then you should start with there. With that, um, there's this term in entrepreneurship, minimum viable product, right? Trying to create that first. Mm. And I I have that taped to my computer because (laughs) MVP, because uh, uh, it's easy to just get wrapped up in this thing and, and, um, you know, burn out. But what you want to do is to create something that you can just uh, sustain,
0: and let's speak on that for a second sustainability like this is a topic that i haven't covered or a guest haven't really talked about on my show that much like how important is it that <laughs> that you i know this sounds simple but that you do stuff you create stuff that you just love that you're passionate about because there's only let's be real here for a minute Jonathan there's only a small percentage of people and, and by the way I'm not in this like I do things way way outside of the YouTube space to make a living and pay the bills YouTube is just a portion of what I do so there's a very small percentage of people who get to do this full-time I would say maybe five to seven percent and I think that number is declining as the years go by um no fault of YouTubes by the way but what do you recommend to, to 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 help with that sustainability, to help with, you know, years, you know, a couple of years from now when you're like, man, do I really want to do this? Like, what have you done to put yourself there in that position to where you're not going to run into that issue?
1: Yeah, well, you I, I think you summed it up well, this finding the joy in the content that you're making. I mean, uh, it's great to look up the keywords and find what ahead of time and find out what, you know, might perform well on YouTube, And um, that's a good strategy. But then within that, find something that you're um, you're excited about and you're excited to sit down and make and, um, you know, maybe involve, you know, these collaborators, whether it's somebody in your family or, uh, you know, in your town or across YouTube. I think that really brings it alive and and keeps the the joy in there. Otherwise, you'll you know, you can maybe do that for a month or so, um, make content you're frustrated with. But I think. Mm -hmm. Over a year, you want to make something that you just uh, – it it um, delights you mm-hmm. to, to see and work on.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's one of those things to where you just don't want to run into those days or even those months where – you're looking at your channel and you're looking at what you do and you're just like, Man, I've gotta pump out a video, but I just I really don't want to. And I can honestly say that, you know, with the tech content, with the tutorials that I do on my YouTube channel, and and the same goes for podcasting as well. Like I rarely have you know, I, I mean there's been times when personally, my life has uh, has been a little rough with things going on personally, whether it be family or whatever, where it's not that I'm not interested anymore. It's just that I'm going through a tough time. And just the, the thought of having to do another thing definitely kind of gets discouraging. But All in all, every time I get to do one of these shows or get to create a video, I'm just super stoked to do it, and I've got backlogs and spreadsheets of video ideas and podcast guests that I want to have on, and that's the kind of work you want to do, and I think the beauty of being a freelancer, and you can say this uh, because you are one as well, is that your days are different. You don't have a nine to five. You don't go clock in at a, the same place. You don't sit at the same desk. You don't sit at the same cubicle. Your day is a challenge. It's like a puzzle you're trying to put together, and it's just so fun. Uh, and and YouTube is like that. Is that you want every day to be a challenge and every day to be an adventure, kind of like what you're saying, Jonathan, with kind of the stuff that that you do. So uh, I will actually cue uh, up uh, one of your songs actually at the end of this interview, and I'll put it at the end of this episode for people to hear kind of what you you know have going on if, if people want to see kind of the type of talent that you are um in in closing of, of this interview jonathan i want to ask you uh, what do you think are your strengths and weaknesses as a creator
1: well i i'd like to solve my strengths are that i i i have a lot of um i like to solve problems with creativity and i i always think there's another way and i i um have no shortage of, of ideas when there's a, um, creative restraints put on me or a creative challenge. So I have no shortage there. Uh, and I, I, I'm good at completing projects, but, um, contrary to what I said earlier, I do get burned out that my, my weaknesses might be over, you know, overextending myself and, Mm -hmm. and, um, um, you know, taking on too much in my enthusiasm and my, my feelings like, yeah, you know, I can accomplish this this all. So it's a, it is a little bit of a balance.
0: Yeah, it, it is. And it's tough sometimes to, especially with family, you know, you have all of these things that you want to do and you have all of these ideas and there's just not enough time in the day. And that's just kind of the, the, the thing that I run into is that I want to spend time and I want to invest in my daughter. I want to spend time with my wife and my family, but I also want to grow a successful business and it's tough and the same thing goes for YouTube. If you want to grow a successful YouTube channel, you may have to burn the candle at both ends in order to do it in the beginning. And you've got to be willing to grind and put in that work. So what a yeah. great interview. What a cool conversation this has been. You have such a, a really unique story that I just, I'm just i just so glad we could tell it here on the show. Um, will you let my audience know, Jonathan, kind of where they can get in touch with you? Because you know, I'll have all of these links um, in the show notes as
1: well. Sure. Thanks so much, Dusty. This has been really fun. Um, yeah, composerdad.com is uh, the main site. Um, Composerdad YouTube, I'm, I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. All They're all just search for Composerdad, and there you will find me. And I'd love to work together on your next intense compositional challenge, uh, whatever comes up. So.
0: I love it. I love it. Speaking of kids and family... My three-year-old is downstairs right now, squeezing the squeaky ball for my dog. So if you do hear that in the background, it is summer, which means my wife is off work. She's a teacher. And so uh, you may be hearing for the next uh, couple of months of uh, episodes, a really <laughs> cute three-year-old and, uh, and my wife possibly. you know Whether it's knocking on the door or them getting the dog stirred up, that's the beauty and the life of a podcaster and a creator. That's a family person as well. So uh, there's no shame in that. Highly recommend you go to the show notes. Click there, ComposerDad.com. Listen to the podcast, Composer Dad versus the Bible. So much good stuff that Jonathan has out in the universe. I will be queuing up a song right now.
1: Hi, I'm Jonathan Roberts. I'm a composer and a dad. Composer dad. I like that. Composer dad. Yes, I'm. Composer dad! I write music, and I raise my kids along with my wife, who's a professor, and a mom! She's professor mom! And you know, I've always liked reading the Bible. I, I, sometimes I just, I read a verse, and it just jumps out at me. It's almost like the Bible is challenging me to write music on it. It's like composer dad versus Bible. Here I am at the Todd Park with my kids. Guess who else I see? Bible. With another intense compositional
0: challenge for me, Composer Dad. I
1: want you to write a pop song from the Book of Deuteronomy.
0: No problem, Bible, I say. And then I write the music.
1: And it's an internet sensation. Or maybe I make a video. Or maybe you just sit in the basement making silly voices and playing with paper puppets. Yeah, that's, that's grandma. You know, sometimes I get interrupted by her or somebody else. But, you know, it's okay. I'm just trying to be a good dad and a good composer and document all that on Composer Dad versus Bible. Subscribe now, families, for the next intense compositional challenge.